You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. No Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous podcast of all? What's going on, everybody? Merry Christmas Eve. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, episode number 116. A Christmas special. There's really nothing special about today's episode except we're recording on Christmas Eve. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic week this past week. ton of people have been doing some last-minute Christmas shopping or simply Christmas shopping in general. But I am super excited for Christmas. It is my favorite holiday, my favorite time of year, and I cannot be any more excited than I am right now with Christmas literally tomorrow with Christmas Eve being today. So hopefully you had a fantastic week and you plan on having a fantastic weekend and a very merry Christmas. With that out of the way, with that out of the way, there is something that I need to get off my chest. And it has nothing to do with the Celtics or the Bruins. They're going through their own stuff, the Bruins with COVID and everything. And the Celtics, they got a nice little win against the Cavs the other day. Cool. They do play against, um, well, I can't think of it, the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow, I believe at 2.30, unless things get changed around, but that is 
what it's supposed to be for now. So best of luck to them. And depending on how the game goes, we'll probably talk about it on Monday's episode, episode number 117. But, but I have a bone to pick with a crap ton of haters in the baseball world. A ton of them. Specifically, Red Sox haters. More specifically, David Ortiz haters. And I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this. With the Hall of Fame ballot reveal just a month away, there's so much discussion revolving around the 2022 Hall of Fame inductees, including potential inductees, I should say, including David Ortiz, Barry Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, Sheffield, Manny, Schilling, so on, so on, and so on. And I hate the people that are telling me that David Ortiz should not be in the Hall of Fame if I think Barry Bonds and Clemens should not be in. Not true. It's completely different situations and scenarios. We all know for a fact that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are bona fide steroid users. That is just a fact. Now, I will give you credit that David Ortiz did pop up on a report in 2003. But you must look at the details. You have to look at those details. You can't just be like, he showed up on the report in 2003. No, look at the details. I'll tell you the details about um, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. They use steroids. It's a fact. Look at Barry Bonds. He was a skinny twig when he was in Pittsburgh and when he first got to San Francisco. Then he absolutely tripled in size and smashed 73 home runs. Fact. Roger Clemens, he was, I don't want to say he was a twig, but he wasn't, you know, no big guy like he was when he was juicing. And even Andy Pettit said that he juiced with Roger Clemens. So there's that. David Ortiz. In 2003. Major League Baseball conducted what was supposed to be an anonymous and confidential survey round of drug testing to see if a system of PED testing needed to be implemented for the 2004 season. The league determined that yes, testing was needed and a joint drug agreement was drawn up in front of 2004, drawn up in front of the 2004 season and has been in place ever since. Okay? So this has been a staple ever since 2004 technically. In 2009, a New York Times report said that Ortiz was among a group of players who tested positive in the 2003 survey. Right there. Right there, people see that? And they're like, Bleh! Over David Ortiz. I'll tell you this. Did he pop up on that report? Sure. I'm not going to deny it. That's a fact. Okay? That's just a fact, and I can't deny that. What I can tell you since some people, now maybe not you specifically listening, but there are a ton of people out there that are listening that need to know the facts. The fact of the matter is David Ortiz in that 2003 season got a supplement, a nutritional supplement from a medical trainer. I don't, rem- I don't know if it's a personal trainer or a team trainer for the Red Sox. Got a medical nutritional supplement to help him recover, I don't know, like some vitamin C, protein, you know, enhancer. I don't know. I don't know. And the medical doctor said, take this. This is fine. You're going to love it. Okay. David Ortiz in 2003, fairly new guy to the Red Sox team, isn't big poppy yet. He hasn't really established himself as, you know, the Hall of Fame hitter that we know of, right? He takes it. 
trusting this medical staff member, trusts him, and he takes it. And after the 2003 season, where Ortiz showed up on that report, from 2004 to the end of his career in 2016, Ortiz not once showed up on the report. Because once he found out that that medical nutritional supplement, whatever the hell it is, was illegal, was a PED, he was like, I'm done. He did not take it. That is why he popped up on that report in 2003. He did not deliberately take PEDs, steroids, performance-enhancing drugs, whatever. He did not deliberately do it. He did not shoot up steroids up in his ass cheek. Did not do it. Now, I can't say the same thing for Manny, you know, although there were Red Sox teammates for a while and Manny's been on the Hall of Fame ballot. I cannot speak the same for Manny because Manny's popped up on the report three times and he retired so he didn't have to serve a 100-game suspension. Not who I'm talking about. But David Ortiz took that nutritional supplement once by trusting this medical staff member. And that was all. Look it up. It is a fact. Now, I bring you this proposition. If you were told to take something out of the kindness and trust out of somebody, whether it's a friend, a family member, even a doctor, whatever, whoever it is, whoever you trust very much. It could be a trainer. It could be a, uh, you know, a gym trainer, a weightlifting trainer, a fitness trainer, whoever. And they told you, here, take this. It's going to help you recover a little bit better. Your muscles won't feel so broken down. You're going to feel really good in the morning, a little bit of energy, so you're not so groggy and tired. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Sure. And you take it because you trust them. Sounds very logical, right? And I'm not being sarcastic here. It actually sounds very logical, right? I mean, people will ask professional medical staff members all the time. They'll ask professional trainers all the time for supplements to take. And, you know, you, they'll tell you this, this, and that. And you'll go to Walmart or, you know, your local grocery store, even GNC, and try to find it and buy it. That is a very common thing that a lot of people do. Can we all agree on that? Okay, thank you. So, this person that you trust tells you to take this type of thing. Let's just call it, let's just call it medicine, okay? Just for the sake of argument, let's call it a medicine, okay? Your trainer tells you to take this type of medicine to help you recover from this intense shredding you're trying to do because you're trying to lose some weight after Thanksgiving and going into Christmas, you got a little chunky. Now you're trying to lose, you know, 10, 15 pounds for the new year. You know, new year, new me, right? Then on January 2nd, I'm sorry, no, January 2nd is a Sunday. So January 3rd, that's a Monday. It's the first Monday of the new year. You go for a job interview or you already have the job and they do a surprise drug testing. Some job places do that. It's not uncommon. They're like, hey, you got to go get drug tested. It's just, you know, thing that we do around here. It's just part of the process. Everyone hates it, but you got to do it. So you're like, oh, okay. So you go do it. You go get drug tested. Yeah, nothing's wrong, right? You, you don't do anything. You don't, you barely, you barely drink alcohol. You don't smoke weed. You don't, you know, do drugs. You're a good person. You got a family. Maybe you have kids. Who knows? Drug test comes back a couple days later. The test finds out that you have heroin in your system. What? 
Okay, like, I don't know if the timing is right for how long heroin's in your system for. I don't really know, nor do I really care. But just kind of go along with the, the scenario here, right? Just, it could be heroin, cocaine. I know weed is legal in some states, but, you know, a lot of jobs still don't like it. So just, just go with me here. Just go with me. And now, you just got fired from your job. Or you're in, like, serious, like, purgatory for your job where, you know, you're on limbo. You got to go meet in front of HR and CEO and stuff like that. But you had no idea that your trainer gave you heroin. You trusted that person to help you recover from your shredding because you gained 10 to 15 pounds over the holidays. So you're trying to new year, new me, slim a little bit of fat off, right? But you had no idea that there was heroin in the supplements you were taking. Well, you would plead innocence as well because you know what? You and I both know that if that was you who had heroin in your system. I didn't know. My trainer just gave me these pills and I, I trusted him. I'm, I'm trying to shred. I'm trying to lose 10 to 15 pounds because of the holidays. I had no idea. He gave it to me after a workout and he said, you're going to feel great. My muscles are going to recover. And so I took it. I, I didn't know it was heroin. That's exactly what you would say. That's exactly what you would say. You would be begging for forgiveness and innocence. You'd be begging. Now, literally, okay, now that scenario could be a little bit out of proportion. I don't know how heroin would get into it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. But Ortiz is in the same spot. He trusted a trainer, a medical professional, someone he trusted, very much so, and gave him a PED. Now, if I remember correctly from the article, I believe that trainer was fired from the Red Sox after that season. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. But still, it is the same situation. You took heroin thinking it was something else from a person you trusted, thinking it was going to help you be better at your shred and help your body recover. Ortiz took something that he trusted from a medical staff, a medical trainer, and it turned out to be a PED. He took it that one time, and you said, I will never take it again because I had no idea it was heroin. I'm going to find a new trainer. That's exactly what you would say. That is the exact situation that David Ortiz is in. And we know from numerous tests afterwards, Ortiz has never popped up on a PED or a steroid report ever again throughout the rest of his career, his 12 years after that, from 04 to 16, I guess technically 13. So, if I think David Ortiz should be a Hall of Famer, I have that objective opinion because I know the facts. If David Ortiz was a bona fide PED or steroid user, I would not want him in the Hall of Fame at all. As much as I love Ortiz, as much as he's done for the Boston Red Sox and the city of Boston, I just would not want... Look at Manny. Manny won two World Series here in Boston, was one of the most feared right-handed hitters for a long time. Him and Ortiz back-to-back. You love those two guys. Unfortunately, Manny did take PED and steroids. And he showed multiple times on reports that he did. He even retired to avoid a 100-game suspension. But Ortiz, he popped up on the report one time because he trusted somebody. And he never again showed up on a PED report. Never again took any supplement that could have been a PED. It's just a fact. 
So you have your own opinion to who you think should be in or not in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. I'm totally cool with that, as you should have your own opinion, because my opinion's not always right. However, I did look up the facts, and that's all I ask you to do as well, because this discussion is a very hot topic right now. As you can tell, I just went on a damn 10, 12-minute rant, and I actually have a YouTube video coming out on the 26th, so Sunday, the day after Christmas. It is a Hall of Fame discussion where I break down the 30 ballot nominees where I list off the players that I would vote for if I had a vote in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot process, which I don't. It'd be pretty cool if I did. But if I did have a vote, those would be the players that I would vote for. That video comes out on Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern time. So if you want me to dive more into the Hall of Fame and the Ortiz, the Bonds and Clemens discussion, definitely watch that video when it comes out on Sunday, the day after Christmas. But I'm going to wrap it up for this because I could talk about this nonstop because people really trigger me on social media. And it's not because I'm weak-minded or anything. It's because they're uneducated. They're just completely uneducated. And if they just took five minutes, ten minutes to look up the facts, they would understand the situation and its legitimacy of Ortiz Hall of Fame case. Just, it's... People be like, oh, you know, if you think Ortiz should be in it, but you don't think Bonds and Clemens should be in, then, you know, is your opinion valid? Look it up. That's it. I'm done. Let's switch gears and talk about the NFL. So the Titans did beat the 49ers 20-17 to last night in a very good game. I wish I started A.J. Brown in fantasy, but I did not. Ugh. At least my opponent, actually my brother-in-law, he, uh, he didn't have anybody playing. So it's not like, you know, I am down big right now or anything, but. Definitely does suck that I didn't start him. I could have had a nice crisp 26 points. But first game back from injury, you know, short week, good defense. I had no idea what to expect. So hindsight is always 20-20, but I think in the moment that was a right decision not to start A.J. Brown. So let's predict week 16 scores. There's only three weeks left of the regular season, 16, 17, and 18. As we know, the Titans beat the 49ers 20-17. to the Browns and the Packers play tomorrow, Saturday, at 4.30 for a Christmas special. Oh, it's going to be so beautiful on Christmas Day. It's going to be so beautiful. Browns visit Lambeau for probably a game that I'm hoping is going to be very snowy since it's Christmas. I'm picking the Packers. Packers are one of those elite teams right now, a top two, three team, like they're however top you want to go top two or top three they're in that discussion whether it's a top two or top three team they're probably number one or number two that's just how it is I think the Packers are light years better than the Browns do I expect this to be a close game no maybe early maybe early if there's a weather inclement issue but once Aaron Rodgers figures it out it's going to be game over Colts visit Arizona in a retractable roof dome it is going to be a uh complete opposite kind of a game where it's probably going to be like 81 and sunny in Arizona. Colts visit the Cardinals for an 8-15 matchup. I'm picking... Oh, that's tough. Cardinals are streaking right now. They they need this win big time. I'll be honest. They do need this win. Colts are coming off a big win against the Patriots. Great win for them. Both teams really, really need this win. Colts are still, where are the Colts? The Colts are the five seed. The Cardinals are the four seed right now. I can see this go game going either way. 
Mm. This is a good one. This is a good one. Who do you guys think? Who do you think? Reach out to me via social media at Murph's Car Town or leave your comments down in the comment section below if you're listening to this on YouTube. Let me know who you think would win, the Indianapolis Colts or the Arizona Cardinals with this game in Arizona tomorrow, Christmas night. I'm going to go Cardinals because I think they need this win way more. I don't want to say way more. I think they need this game slightly more, and it would pay off big dividends for them. If the Colts lose, they're still in the playoff picture, and as are the Cardinals. But, I don't know. Arizona is kind of showing that they've been frauds this whole year, past couple weeks. I won't be surprised if the Colts win. I'm not doubting the Colts at all. I'm not picking the Colts because they beat the Patriots last week. Unbiased podcast. But, I kind of feel like home field advantage is going to serve a little bit especially where the Cardinals are in a much win must win situation now. So I'm going to pick the Cardinals, but I don't feel confident with it. The Lions visit the Falcons, I'm going to pick the Falcons. Rams visiting the Vikings, I'm going to pick the Rams for that week. I mean, the Vikings have been playing good ball themselves. They're 7 and 7 now, but the Rams still a good team. I think they could flip the script for the NFC West if they're able to win and maybe the Cardinals catch a loss. I'm going to go with the Rams. Jaguars visit the Jets. A battle of trash bag teams. Does it matter who I pick? No. (laughs) I'll pick the Jaguars just for fun because I hate the Jets. Giants visit the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, I need Jalen Hurts to ball out. I need Jalen Hurts to ball out because I'm in the playoffs. I sat A.J. Brown. So let's get this money. I I still think the Eagles are a much better team than the Giants. The Eagles are still in playoff contention, although they are on the outside looking in. But they're seven and seven. So aren't the Vikings. So aren't the Saints, who are also on the outside looking in. Giants, they're they're four and ten. They're about to be eliminated, but mathematically they're still in it. But I'm gonna go Eagles finishing off the Giants playoff hope. Bills visit the Patriots for a Sunday matchup. In Foxborough, I will get to this game in a little bit, so let's just skip it for now. The Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. That's going to be a great game. That is going to be a really, really good game. Baltimore on the outside looking in. The Bengals are the four seed as it stands right now. That game could really go either way. Bengals do have home field advantage, which definitely serves them. If Lamar is good to go, I might go Ravens. If he's not, I might go Bengals. Although Huntley's been playing fantastic for the Ravens in his spot, in spot starts that Huntley had to play in. I want to go Bengals just because they're a more healthy team. Obviously, Joe Mixon's been kind of banged up here and there. But I think the Bengals could pull this one out, and if they do, it could solidify them spot. Not officially, but it could really help solidify the legitimacy for the AFC North crown. Chargers visit the Texans in Houston. That's going to be a Chargers win. Buccaneers visit the Carolina Panthers in North Carolina. Buccaneers need to get their shit back on track. They really do. They just signed Le'Veon Bell. Assuming he's going to be playing this week. Not that that's going to really change much. This is their first game without Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown is back. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Must win game against an inferior opponent. So I'm going to pick the Buccaneers. Chicago Bears visit the Seattle Seahawks. This game 
doesn't really matter or mean much in the slightest. Uh, 49ers, uh, the Seahawks eliminated. Seahawks are not eliminated yet. They're 5-9, and nine, but they're right there, about to be eliminated. I'm going to go Seattle just because it's a home game. Russell Wilson is better than Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. It, it just really doesn't matter, to be honest. Broncos visit the Raiders, another really good game. Both teams are vying for a playoff spot. Broncos are 7-7, seven and seven, Raiders 7-7, seven and seven, and the... Five, six, and seven seeds are eight and six. Colts, Chargers, Bills. So if all those teams lose, and the Broncos, Browns, Dolphins, Raiders, or Steelers win, there could be some serious turnover in the AFC, especially the wild card picture. There could be a lot of turnover. That's a tough one. Raiders have home field advantage, so that kind of makes me want to lean them. Is there a clear-cut winner here? No. Darren Waller for the Raiders, more than likely going to be out. Renfro has really stepped up to be a number one receiver. I think there's some question marks for Teddy Bridgewater entering this game. I could be mistaken. I do like the Raiders team a little bit better than the Broncos, so I'm going to lean Raiders, but I could definitely be wrong about that one, and I wouldn't be surprised if I was. Steelers visit the Chiefs on Sunday, 425. A lot of us Chiefs fans are bitching and complaining to get this game postponed or pushed back to Monday or Thursday because Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill have COVID. They're the COVID protocol. We need them to play. Guys, shut up and just play. If you have the ability to play, just play. And obviously, if there's no serious COVID issues, play the damn game. Stop you bitching. Speaking of which, speaking of which, I have to make sure it was last week. Was it last week? It was last week on Thursday, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm about to che- uh, tear a Chiefs one out. You ready? The Patriots won the 2018... Well, I guess it was technically in 20... It was 2018 season. AFC Championship game in overtime. 34-28, to 28, I believe it was. Something like that. Because the Patriots had the ball to start overtime. They scored a touchdown. And everybody, every friggin' Chiefs fan on the, this God Green Earth was complaining, Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball in overtime. Is it a legitimate win? Those same fans are not complaining that Justin Herbert didn't touch the ball last week in overtime. Not a single one of them is complaining that Justin Herbert in week 15 in their overtime loss did not get a possession in overtime. Where are all those Chiefs fans now? Quiet. You guys are fraudulent. You guys, you guys are so, so fraudulent and so sensitive. I'm not going on a Chiefs tyrant because I really don't have that much big of an issue with Chiefs fans. I'm, I have more of an issue with Nick Wright and Mahomes fans because they're completely obnoxious. I'm picking the Steelers to win this game. I have no legitimacy to pick in the Steelers. If Hill and Kelsey are out, it'll be a huge test to the Chiefs and Mahomes to see what they're able to do against a good team and a good defense that's struggling and is in desperate need of a win. I'm picking the Steelers to win this game. Washington football team visits the Dallas Cowboys for a Sunday night matchup. Still a good game. 
still has a lot of potential. The Washington football team, they're six and eight. They're looking on the outside. They're, on the, they're looking outside. Wait, what? They're on the outside looking in. There we go. Uh, Cowboys, they already clinched a spot, but that doesn't mean that the football team can't get a wild card. Right now, the Cowboys are vying for playoff seating and positioning. Probably the Cowboys are going to win this game. Could I see the football team making it a close game? Absolutely. But I just don't see them winning. And if they do, hey, all the power to you. But with their quarterback issues going on right now, with all the COVID that they're dealing with, no Chase Young, of course, it's going to be very, very tough. And then Monday night. I don't know why this is a Monday night game. I don't need this on my TV Monday night. But Dolphins visiting the Saints. Uh, I... I'm going to go Dolphins. I mean, they're just the hottest team on the planet right now. They really are. And if they win and a couple teams lose, they're in the playoffs, surprisingly. I mean, they've come out of absolutely friggin' nowhere. And not that I'm excited about it, but it's kind of a cool story because they're just a team that's not in the playoffs every year. Like, I'm sick of seeing – excuse me. I'm sick of seeing the Chiefs. I'm sick of seeing the Titans, the Colts, the Ravens, the Steelers, the, you know, the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers are in and out. I'm sick of seeing those teams, so give me the Dolphins. Give me some fresh blood or some fresh fin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, that is my week 15, no, 16 slate of games prediction. I'll quickly run over and just quickly recap. The Titans beat the 49ers 20-17 on Thursday night. We have the Packers beating the Browns, the Cardinals beating the Colts, the Falcons beating the Lions, the Rams up, uh, it's not really an upset, but beating the Vikings, the Jaguars beating the Jets, the Eagles beating the Giants, Patriots and Bills we will talk about momentarily, the Bengals over the Ravens, the Chargers over the Texans, the Buccaneers beating the Panthers, Seahawks beating the Bears, Raiders beating the Broncos, the Steelers destroying the Chiefs, Cowboys over the football team, and the Dolphins beating the Saints. That is my week 16 slate of games predictions. I do want to hear yours in the comment section of this YouTube video if that is where you're listening. Or if you're listening on audio-only platforms, reach out to me, Murph's Card Town. So, let's talk about the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills Sunday afternoon matchup. It is going to be a massive game, a big game, a critical game for both teams. Playoff positioning is on the line. If the Patriots win, they'll move back up to number two. If the Bills lose, they'll probably fall out of the playoff picture, depending on how the other games shake up. If the Patriots lose, they will fall to, depending on what other other stuff happens. Uh, what do they fall to four, the worst, and then the Bills will move up to the five seed. Depending, it's so much, so much depends on what else happens around this league because the conference is so tight. I know the Bills have a terrible conference record. The Patriots have a great conference record. I do like both teams in this game. I really do. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm not trying to be biased. It's just a fact. I like both teams in this game. Obviously, Patriots coming off a tough loss last week. Bills coming off a must-win last week themselves against the Panthers, where they looked really, really good. This game in Foxborough, well, I don't even know what the weather. The weather's going to play a factor, so let's look it up. Let's look it up. Look, do, 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 do. Weather for Sunday is going to be 45. So it's not going to be terrible. 
It's going to be 45, partly cloudy, maybe a little bit of sun, but it's probably going to be freezing because 45 is cold to me because I'm a wimp. Patriots need to win this game. Let's just be straight up honest. Bills need to win this game. Let's just be straight up honest. This game is going to determine... This game will determine the AFC East. That's a fact. Because the Bills will play the Jaguars next week. That should be a win. And they play the Dolphins the week after, which... At that point, the division may or may not matter. Only seeding would matter. Bills? I don't know the Bills' upcoming schedule. Obviously, they have the Patriots on Sunday. <laughs> they got the Falcons in Buffalo on the 2nd. And then the Jets on the 9th. Both games are home. So, can we call those two wins? Not de The Falcons game, not definitely. But more or so, two wins. So, even if the Bills lose, they're more than likely going to get two wins. If the Patriots, after this game against the Patriots, that's going to serve the Bills very well. Even if they lose and go to 8-7, and seven, they'll get two more wins and they'll go to 10-7. and seven. If the Patriots lose, they go to 9-6. and six. And, yeah, 10-6. and six. And that, that Dolphins game isn't guaranteed. So say that's a loss. That's also 10-7. and seven. So either way, I guess the Patriots, because they would have the tiebreaker... Actually, I don't know. Both teams... Oh, no, because they have a better conference record. So, yeah, they would own the tiebreaker. Very, very interesting. See all this math that I'm trying to do <laughs> right on the fly? It's very tough. All right. So, why do I think the Patriots can win this game? Well, they didn't pass at all against them a couple weeks ago. So, they still have a plethora of passing plays that they could use. Now, did they use some of them against the Colts? Maybe. I don't know. But all I know is the Patriots cannot get down 14-0. Hell, even 20 nothing to this Bills team because they can play good defense and they will be able to keep the ball for a long period of time on offense. So it's going to be very challenging to come back and win. Patriots had to throw the ball a lot against the Colts and they had to get away from their running game. I don't know the condition of Damian Harris. I know Ramondre Stevenson is questionable. So what is the condition of the run game going to look like? I'm assuming both players will be healthy. Obviously, final injury reports have yet to be coming out as they come out later today. But if Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are healthy, you need to run the ball. You're a great run team. You have great blockers on the line of scrimmage. On your offensive line, you have great blockers in your tight end. Nikhil Harris turned into a very, very, very good pass-blocking wide receiver. Although that's very underwhelming to say, being a former number first-round overall pick. But you have two great running backs in Stevenson and Harris, so you need to be able to run the ball. You were able to run the ball against the Bills a couple weeks ago, so we know you can do that. And they're probably going to prepare for that. But, on the other hand, they may prepare for the pass because, hey, we didn't see any passing plays. Mac Jones you know, can pass the ball a little bit, so if we can stop that, force them to run all the time, we feel confident we can bottle up their run game. That's probably what they're thinking. It's it's tough. You can't get down early in this game because you can't go away from the run because we have yet to see Mac Jones come back and win that game. We have seen him do it against the Texans. yip de doo And Mac Jones shown the ability to do it. He was on the brink of doing it against the Cowboys, against the Buccaneers, against the Chargers was a defensive win, against the Colts. Defense let him up, you know, gave it up against, well, Cowboys. I'm not going to say the Bucs because that was a missed field goal, whatever. But the game against the uh, the Colts last week, 
defense just blew it. Now, I'm not going to say the Patriots are going to win that game, but the defense didn't give up uh, 160 yards to Jonathan Taylor. It could be a different outcome. But on the other hand, if Mac Jones didn't throw those picks, it would have been a different story, yada, yada, yada. Patriots offense looked really good in that fourth quarter. He scored all 17 of their points in the fourth quarter. So Mac Jones has shown us the ability to come back against the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Texans, most recently the Colts. But he hasn't shown the ability to actually, you know, put the nail into the coffin. Now, like I said, the game against the Colts and against the, the Cowboys, defense let him up. Buccaneers missed field goal. Texans, they ended up winning, but uh, Texans. So my three things that I'm looking forward to in this game, number one, control the game. What I mean by that, when you have the ball on offense, control the clock, first downs, first downs, 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives, really put the defense of the Bills on the back of their heels and just run the ball down their throat, complete third down plays. You know, I'm not really looking for deep shots, but I'm looking for a great, great game control from not just Mac Jones. It's not just a Mac Jones thing. From the whole Patriots offense in general. And if you want to look at it from the defensive side, you can too. Bottle up the defense. Play sticky defense in the passing game. Really force them to not complete third down attempts. But more so this is for the offense because you can control the game a little bit much better on offense. So if the offense can control the game, like I said, 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives where it takes up Five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes of game time. I think you'll be in a really, really good spot to put yourself in position to win that game. So number one, game control. Number two, I want to see Mac Jones go out there. I, I feel like Mac Jones has been a key every week. And he is because he's a rookie and he's our future. So we want him to succeed. But number two is can Mac Jones win you a game? against a legitimate team, a good defense, a team in the Bills with Super Bowl aspirations, can Mac Jones go out there and win you the game? Now, obviously, if the game is 35 to nothing, Mac Jones can't really win you that game unless he scored all five touchdowns passing the ball. But if this game is close and there's three minutes left in the game, can Mac Jones go out there and score that game-winning touchdown to win you the game? I think he can, but we haven't seen it yet. So I'm still looking forward to that because come playoff time, we may need something like that in order to win that game. We may need something like that. So I want to see it here against the Bills so we can have a little bit of confidence in his ability to come back and win games from behind when we get into January and then maybe into February if we're lucky. Number three, need the defense to step up. Bills have no running game outside of Josh Allen. Singletary blows. Zach Moss is a receiving back. If you can contain Josh Allen's legs and force him to pass the ball, I believe that our secondary will be able to slow down their passing attack. So this kind of encompasses the whole defense, but what I really want the Patriots to do is really shut down the run game because would you be surprised if the Bills go out there and try to run the ball down our throats like we did to them a couple weeks ago? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, their run game is not is nowhere near as good as our run game. But it's still something that you have to prepare for. And if you can make the Bills one-dimensional, because stopping their run is definitely going to be way easier than stopping the passing game. So if you can literally just eliminate the run game, 
Make them one-dimensional with passing. Put the pressure on their passing offense. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley. Then you'll really be able to put yourself in a position to win the game. Because when it comes down to it, and they've been passing 50 times a game, and the pressure's on Josh Allen and that offense, it could get to them. It could wear them down. It could tire them out because they have no run game to lean on. Like I said, eliminate the run game, which should be easy because eliminating that run game is way easier than eliminating the passing game since their passing attack is very comparable. So the three things I'm looking forward to in this game between the Patriots and the Bills. Number one, game control. Number two, can Mac Jones come from behind and win us this game? And number three, eliminate the def- uh, eliminate the running game on defense for the Buffalo Bills. Those are my three keys to the game, but I want to hear yours. If you have any, reach out to me via social media at Murph's Cardtown or leave your comments in the comment section below of this YouTube video if that is where you're watching this episode. But before we wrap up today's episode, I do want to thank everybody for downloading, listening, and enjoying Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I hope that you have a wonderful Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a happy holidays whichever holiday you may celebrate because tis the season to be grateful, to be thankful, to be cheery because 2021 was a much better year than 2020. I will admit that, but there have been a lot of bad moments here in 2021. So hopefully 2022 can be a fresh, clean start for everybody if they need it. But society itself definitely does. That's why I am really looking forward to the end of this year. But like I said earlier, Christmas is my favorite holiday. And I don't want it to come and go super fast. But I definitely want to try to enjoy it as much as I possibly can. But hopefully you do as well. I really hope you have a fantastic Christmas if you do celebrate. And if you don't, I hope you have or had a happy, happy holidays. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, episode number 116. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode as we talked football. Patriots, and of course, David Ortiz throwing in a little Red Sox, a little bit of baseball topic of discussion since the lockout is still going on and we don't really have much to talk about in that aspect. Hopefully you have a happy, healthy, safe weekend and Christmas as well. I will catch you in episode number 117 on Monday as we return on the flip side of the holidays. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. And if you're listening to this episode on YouTube, please make sure you smash the thumbs up button. Comment any thoughts and questions down below. And also subscribe to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing yet. Thank you so much for over 100 subscribers. I really, really appreciate it. As I'm recording, I'm at 111. So when you're listening to this, hopefully that number goes up and changes that way instead of changes by going down, if you know what I mean. Aha, aha. But yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. I will catch you in the next one on the flip side of the holidays and Christmas. I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, 
dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.